the most massive holiday of all, the big one, Christmas, is coming. There's nothing else like it in our world. And it is coming. Well, at least the, the Christmas shopping holiday season has kicked off. Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday made that one official, didn't it? And the numbers are in. The numbers are in. The, uh, the retailers are the big winners here. Christmas is huge for the retailers. In the U.S., got these numbers, in the U.S., 247 million people visited stores over the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. Spending $59 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars. Get this, here's a new one this year. 35 million people visited stores on Thanksgiving Day itself. On Cyber Monday, shoppers spent another $1.5 billion. The term Black Friday, now shamefully in Canada, Black Friday, Canada has their own Black Friday now. This is uh, to our shame. Even though we don't have a Thanksgiving Day holiday here, uh, we are copying this day and but instead of just Black Friday, we're spelling it F-R-I-D-E-H, Canadian Black Friday. Well, the term Black Friday was coined to indicate that this was the day that most retailers finally turned a profit or went into the black for the year. But I wonder if the term more aptly describes the moral depths to which the millions descend in desperate attempts to find meaning in an increasingly secular holiday season. Black Friday weekend had all the predictable rioting. It did not let us down. In a Georgia Walmart, an alarming melee erupted as a large, a huge crowd of shoppers rushed a display of cell phones offering unlimited usage plans. You can watch this thing on YouTube. Go on YouTube and you'll see an uncontrolled mob attacking a, a display, attacking this display and attacking each other to get one of these phones. You, you can see it right on the video. You can see a man, one man managing to grab a phone only to have it ripped right out of his hand. You can see this old woman getting literally her face clawed while the rest of the people were fighting with each other and, and destroying the display, all battling with each other to get their own piece of holiday cheer. At a Sears store in Texas, two men got into an argument while waiting in line to enter the store. One man pulled a gun. Don't worry, he had a carrying permit for it. After the other one slugged him in the face and then fled, the attacker was charged with the attacker was charged with assault, while the man with the gun was cleared to go into the store. Two people were shot at a Walmart in Tallahassee, Florida over a coveted parking spot. And in Kansas City, shoppers waiting to enter a Victoria's Secret store went berserk, shoving the doors open and ignoring the manager's pleas for calm. But hey, at least this year, no one was crushed to death or killed by surging crowds. So, Merry Christmas. Friends, marketers know what they're doing, don't they? Sometimes it seems that marketers understand the human condition better than even, unfortunately, some preachers do. Marketers have, have recognized that, 
that people have an emptiness in their lives. That people are missing something. So here's something to fill it up with. A cell phone with unlimited usage plan. An iPad. A Cadillac with a big red bow on it. And the crazy part about this is, is that for a time, these things do fill up that hole. For a time, they fill up the hole. Kind of in an artificial way, like, like filling up when you're hungry, like eating sugar when you're hungry fills you up. So yeah, they fill up that hole, but for a short period of time, a very short period of time, they are temporary, along with all the other things the world is kind of shoving at us during this holiday season. Friends, the truth of Christmas fills us with something permanent, eternal. Christ coming into this world. We begin Advent today. Advent means coming. So we are preparing for Jesus' coming into this world. Jeremiah, the reading we had from Jeremiah, promised it and God fulfilled it. And then God promised to come again. And we heard that promise in 1 Thessalonians reading. Our text from Luke describes it. The first coming was promised and came true. And that's how we know that the second coming, which was also promised, is also going to come true. So Christmas is coming. There's no way we can stop it. Christmas is coming. And we all want to jump right in to everything that comes with it. The, the, the carols, the celebrations, the preparations, the decorations, the contemplations on Jesus' birth and what that means for us. But before we jump into all of that stuff, we need to begin at the end to really see why this is all so important for us. During the Advent season, as we are focusing on the coming of Jesus in the manger, the only way that we can really put ourselves in, into the shoes of the people who are waiting for Jesus to come the first time is to realize that we are people waiting for him to come right now. Because Jesus is coming again. Friends, it is Advent now. We are in Advent, the real Advent season, right now. Jesus came, and then he said he's coming again. And that gets us into our text in Luke chapter 21. If you go into that whole chapter and read the whole thing, you're going to see how Jesus was explaining to his disciples that the temple would be destroyed. You see, the disciples were kind of looking at the temple. They were, they were showing Jesus how, how beautiful it was. And Jesus said, well, you know, don't you know this is going to be destroyed one day? And so throughout the chapter, Jesus is explaining to the disciples that the temple would be destroyed, and so would the world, that the world would be destroyed. So the disciples had two questions. First one was, when? When is this going to happen? To which Jesus answers, no one knows. And then the second question the disciples had was then, well, what will be the signs then? What will be the signs that shows us when this is happening? So that's really the context for what Jesus tells them in verse 25, where he says, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. The heavens will be shaken. Ever since God created the world, everything has been running in, in perfect order. You've probably heard about this. You've probably read about this, but, but there are so many measurements. There are so many things about God's creation that run in perfect order. You have 
you have the, the speed of the world, how, how, how quickly it rotates around. It has to be an exact kind of speed. You have the angle at which the earth rotates, being at just a certain uh, angle, a certain amount of degrees, 23 and a third degrees, and if it was a little more or a little less, the earth just wouldn't hold up. You have the it's millions and millions of kilometers distance between the earth and the sun. If it was just a few more or a few less, we'd either burn up or we'd freeze to death. It has to be exactly where it is. It rotates around the sun at just the right speed. If it, it sped up anymore or slowed down uh, anymore, we wouldn't be able to survive on planet Earth. In, in, in the air, there's just the right amount of oxygen, just the right amount of everything for us to live and breathe. You, you even go into the oceans and even, even in the oceans, there's just the right amount of minerals, the right amount of salts. And if those percentages were changed in any way, shape, or form, life would stop on planet Earth, everything is lined up. God has everything working in perfect order. Everything. But on that last day, and that's what this is talking about, the laws of nature will be changed. Sun, moon, and stars will stop doing what they do. And that's going to play havoc with the tides. Can you imagine? Imagine the sea roaring and, and tossing when the moon is ripped out of the sky. Everything that was so finely tuned is going to be way out of whack. Creation falling apart. And here's what's going to happen. Here's what Jesus says will happen when that happens. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. That's verse 26. So those who have denied the God who made all things, those who have laughed at him, those who have been caught up in everything else, they will be overcome by sheer terror. They're going to have no framework, no, no scientific explanation for understanding what is happening. Everything they took for granted will be gone. All these things that they thought they needed for comfort will, will be shown to be temporary. That's right. All the things the marketing world tells them and tells us we need in order to bring happiness into our lives will cease to exist. And then Jesus will come. Verse 27, at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Friends, we are living in Advent because Jesus is coming again. And this time, he isn't coming in a manger as a servant. He is coming in power and glory on a horse with a sword and the words King of Kings and Lord of Lords emblazoned on his thigh. And you know what? All people will see him. This Jesus who saves us. And if you didn't believe in him, you will wish you had. You will see that his words were true all along. C.S. Lewis said that when the author appears on the stage, you know the play is over. Verse 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Friends, the fact that Jesus is coming brings us joy. Salvation is now ours fully. It, it, it gives us comfort. Jesus' words are true. It fills us with hope because this is amazing, wonderful, good news. And all those signs that point to the end, that fill the heart of the unbeliever with terror, fill our hearts with joy and peace. They bring joy and peace and hope hope to the hearts of believers. 
there will never be anything more wonderful that we can imagine. So, what this is saying to you and me is this. When you see these things beginning to happen, when you see these things beginning to happen, stand up, straighten up in joy and lift up your heads in expectation. Live in expectation. Live in expectation. Not expectation of this week's blowout sales or or this year's festive joy. Live in expectation of what is going to happen in the end. Let's live in expectation of what is coming in the end. Let's begin at the end. So this Advent, let's be living in expectation. Let's live in expectation that Jesus is coming. Let's live, live with the expectation that this is going to happen. Because that changes our priorities, doesn't it? If I am living in expectation, it's going to change the approach. It's going to change the way I view the celebration of Christmas, isn't it? If I'm living, if I'm celebrating the first coming of Christ by living in expectation of the second coming of Christ, well, then I'm going to have a lot more real joy and a whole lot less unneeded stress. If, if I'm living in expectation of the end, of Jesus coming, and that is what Christmas is about, it's going to change the whole way that we approach Christmas. It, friends, w- this means this. Wake up every day thinking about the fact that Jesus is coming. W- which is awesome news because that means salvation is coming. And, and it changes the way we celebrate Christmas. It will change the way you talk to people. Uh, the things you consider to be important. It, it changes how you will spend time with your family, how you will spend time with your spouse, how you will spend time with your children, uh, what you will do in, in, in the time you have. It, it, it will change everything about not only the way we celebrate Christmas, but the way we live life every day. So, so living in expectation of Jesus coming just changes our entire way of seeing life, of doing life, of, of seeing other people, of seeing opportunities, of, of taking those opportunities, of showing love, of serving, of prioritizing the things that should be prioritized and not prioritizing or not worrying about the things that do not need to be prioritized. It changes everything. And do you see how that is so much different than living in expectation of getting a cell phone with an unlimited usage plan? When we are living in expectation of Jesus' coming, we will be given unlimited blessings. All right, we, we will be given the assurance that everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to work out good in the end. That's why we have to begin in, at the end. As Christians, that's what we do. You can see the signs. Read this chapter. Go home today. Read Luke 21 again. Read it tomorrow morning again. Okay, that's your Bible reading. Read it. You can see the signs. And in fact, Jesus says just as easily, like it's, it's obvious, you children can do it, you adults can do it, just as easily as you can see that leaves sprouting on trees means the summer is coming. When you see the signs Jesus is talking about, you can see that the kingdom of God is coming. All right, in, in, this, in this chapter, Jesus was describing both the end of Jerusalem and the end of the world. And in a sense, in this chapter, really the end of Jerusalem is like a microcosm for the end of the world. It teaches, the end of Jerusalem teaches them and us some things about the end of the world. And the very generation of people, the very people and the very generation of people Jesus was talking to right here and there, um, 
were still going to be around when Jerusalem was destroyed. They were still going to be around for that. So when they saw those things happen, that should serve for them as a reminder that they should be living in expectation of Jesus coming and not living in attachment to Jerusalem. We can also see the signs, when you, when you look in the rest of that chapter, we can see the other signs Jesus was talking about happening in our world right now. Wars, earthquakes, these things are happening, right? Famines, pestilence and disease. And as we see those signs that Jesus told us to be looking for, it's a reminder to us to be not living in attachment to this world, which is falling apart, but to be living in expectation for Jesus' coming, which is permanent and eternal and true. This world, in all of its Black Friday sadness, is going to come to an end. Thank God. Because we are living in expectation for something so much greater. Praise God. The text says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus' first coming came true. So, we know His second coming will come true. How comforting that is. Jesus' words are the real thing. And that, by the way, is how we live in expectation. We live in expectation by being in His Word, by anchoring ourselves to the Word, by devotion to His Word, devoting ourselves to it. So if devotions haven't been part of your life, then they had better be this Advent season. But it's always Advent. <laughs> so you, we don't get let off the hook you know, on December 24th. Okay? We are waiting always for Jesus to come. It's always Advent. And so um, Advent devotions aren't just nice little booklets you'll look at for weeks. Advent devotion means we are in the Word, devoting ourselves to the Word, anchoring ourselves to the Word our whole life through. Because it's the one thing that will anchor us to the thing that will last forever, the coming of Christ. That's how we begin at the end. That's how we live in expectation. Verses 34 and 35. Be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Okay, so if I am not living in expectation of Jesus' coming, if I do not have the good news of forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus filling up my soul, then here's what's going to happen. Then I'm going to go looking somewhere else for something to fill that up. And so then I'm going to, I'm going to mob into Walmart at 3 a.m. on Black Friday to get one of those phones with an unlimited usage plan. Because if I don't get one of those, then I'm going to be missing out on what everyone else has. And oh, I need this, and I need this, and I need that. Well, I better get them then because otherwise I'm going to be missing out. And then, follow me along here, then when those things wear out, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when those things wear out, I'm going to get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I'm going to get depressed. And when I get depressed, I'm going to get drunk. Something's got to fill it up. And then when I get drunk, what happens? I'm going to get hungover. That's what dissipated means, by the way. 
I never knew what that word means. Dissipation is talking about the state of nausea because of too much drinking. So do you see what's going to happen? If this is the path that I'm taking to fill up what is missing in my life, if I'm not living in expectation of Jesus' coming, then when He does come, that day is going to slam shut on me like a trap for which I will not be ready. In the 1800s, there was a, um, there was a, a major earthquake on the uh, New Madrid Fault in Arkansas. That was late 1800s. Major earthquake. Caused a lot of damage. Killed a lot of people. So in 1990, the fall of 1990, a scientist predicted there was going to be another major earthquake right on that same fault line in Arkansas on Tuesday, December 4th, 1990. So obviously his prediction got a lot of attention in the news. Um, is, is everyone was talking about it. People started stowing away precious possessions. Uh, they started stockpiling groceries and kerosene. Uh, they, they all started learning how to shut off water lines, how to shut off gas lines. And businesses and schools all closed down for a whole week. On December 2nd, 1990 the first Sunday in Advent, also back then, um, two days before the predicted quake, churches were packed. On December 3rd, no one slept. But Tuesday, December 4th, 1990, came and went without a tremor. December passed. The winter passed. Flashlight batteries drained. Extra food supplies spoiled or were consumed. And fuel tanks, once again, sat empty. So did church pews. When crisis seems imminent to us, we have no trouble staying awake and being alert, right? But when crisis seems kind of, you know, far away, when, when crisis seems like it's not really going to happen, like it seems remote, uh, our eyelids get heavy and we fall asleep. Friends, Jesus' prediction is going to come true. He says, Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Friends, let's be awake. Let's be awake. Even if, if Christ's coming seems so far away to you, don't forget that individually, for us, each of us, it's when we die. So let's always be watching. Let's always be praying. Let's always be living in expectation. And that doesn't mean stocking up on, on food. It doesn't mean uh, mobbing people in Walmart for things we think we need. Okay? Let's live in expectation. That means... Let's live in such a way that we know the end is coming. And that means we live differently. Don't let your fuel tanks run dry. Don't let your fuel tanks be empty. Okay? Jesus' prediction wasn't just some scientist taking a stab that might not come true. Okay? He is coming. This will happen. And when he does come, we want to be ready. So let's begin there. Let's begin at the end. All right, with the awesome, the awesome, wonderful news for us that Jesus is coming. And let's live our lives according to that.
So we don't, we don't fill up on water bottles. We fill up on the, the water of life. We don't, um, we don't rush into mobs to fill up on, on what is empty in our lives. We fill up what is empty with the Word of God, the good news that assures us that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for us. That, that, that good news that fills us. So we get into that Word this Advent, this Christmas. We come back to that forgiveness every day. We come back to Jesus every day. We begin there. We, we orient ourselves around the final outcome. We, we have that in mind and heart all the time and we orient our lives around that final outcome, that great ending. We begin at the end. Listen, we celebrate Christmas too. Enjoy yourselves, okay? Sing the carols. Decorate your trees. Make yummy food. Have people over. Give each other gifts. Do all of that stuff and enjoy it. But begin at the end the coming of Jesus in this world to bring us our redemption as the reason that we do all of those things. We begin at the end, the coming of Christ as the one thing we truly, truly are looking forward to more than anything else. So let's be living in expectation of that. Amen. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.